The medical laboratory is a big part of patient care. The lab professionals who work directly with patients have a unique role to play, and delivering the best possible care for every patient is part of that. As you may have heard, April is World Autism Month. It's a dedicated time to help support scientific research and services, as well as advocate and raise awareness. During the month, there are autism-friendly events and educational activities, all aimed to help increase understanding and acceptance on a worldwide level. The lab has a role to play here as well. Life Labs is Canada's largest community laboratory testing services provider. They have thousands of phlebotomists who work directly with patients. Life Labs collaborated with the Pacific Autism Family Network in British Columbia to create protocols to help ensure positive blood collection and diagnostic testing for people with autism spectrum disorder. I had the chance to speak with Louise Nagy, National Director of Community Engagement and Environmental Sustainability at Life Labs, while we were at the LabCon conference last year. Louise was presenting about Life Labs servicing customers with autism program to delegates at the conference. I thought this was an interesting program combining customer service with lab services. It also is a great example of the community coming together to provide great patient care. Louise was very articulate in explaining the program and how it came to life, so I wanted to let her explain it uninterrupted. Here's the interview. So our CEO actually got a call from a mom, and she had a son who had autism and was having some challenges getting blood work done. And what we've heard from some families of children with autism or who have children with autism is that the blood work can be an extreme source of anxiety for them. And in this case, the child often had to get either restrained during the blood work procedure or even had to get sedated at the children's hospital to get the blood work done, which can be quite invasive. It's a not without its own risks. And it's a big stress on the patient. It's a big stress on the family. And it takes a lot of time too. Mm -hmm. So she reached out to our CEO to see if there was something that we could do as an organization to help with providing an opportunity for children who are on the autism spectrum to get their blood work done in the PSCs. Our CEO um, said, you know, yes, we do need to do something. And we realized that we needed to do something, but we also realized that we didn't have the internal resources to do it. Um, autism spectrum disorder is a very complex neurological disorder, and we just we didn't know enough about it to be able to do this on our own. So we reached out to the Holland Bloorview Institute. It's a hospital actually in Ontario, and they have an autism center there and some really amazing clinicians who helped us with developing some of the protocols. We also worked through the Pacific Autism Family Center Foundation in BC with Dr. Suzanne Lewis, who is their clinician. She also runs a clinic out of the UBC Autism Research Center. Um, So with them and then also some of our employees at Life Labs who have family members or who have done a lot of work with children with autism, as well as a couple of families, um, we piloted a set of protocols. And with input put from the families who participated in the pilot, as well as the clinicians, we refined them and started to roll them out in December of last year. And since then, we've trained every single one of our phlebotomists and now are able to provide the service at all of our 355 PSEs. Are you able to kind of give me a, an idea of what the protocols are? So the the premise behind them is that it's all about 
communication. Um, so we need to know who is the patient and get to know them as an individual because everyone on the autism spectrum has their own unique challenges and their own unique abilities as well. And the mm -hmm. thing with autism spectrum disorder is that it is a spectrum. So there's people who are very high functioning on the spectrum and there's people who have a lot more challenges. So we need to know the patient um, to be able to provide them with the best service available and to ensure that they have positive health outcomes. So the first step in getting to know the patient is that we have the family or the caregiver call our call center and the call center takes down their information and, as well as their preference for appointment times and that information is then passed on to the supervisor at the location that's nearest to the patient's home. And the supervisor will set up a conference call with the family or with the caregiver to go through a survey. And then the survey will cover things like has a patient had blood work done before? When was the last time they had it done? Are they anxious when they get their blood work completed? Um, and then what kinds of things increase their anxiety? Um, and then we also look at what kind of tools and techniques does the family normally use to help reduce the anxiety? So in some cases, it could be bringing distraction toys, um, like squishy balls or an iPad, or it could be how you talk to the patient. Could be things in the actual facility like the lights. Some fluorescent lighting can definitely cause some increased anxiety for those on the spectrum. The flicker that you see normally mm. doesn't really bother the general population, but it can be really aggravating for some people on the spectrum. So once we've got all of that information, um, we'll direct the family to our website where they can download storyboards, which are basically visual pictures step-by-step -step of the process. Um, and we'll recommend that the family, before they come in, review the storyboards with the child so that there's that increase in familiarity with the process. One of the other characteristics of autism spectrum disorder is the um, appreciation of a routine or rigidity of process. So trying something new or doing something different can also increase their stress and anxiety. So mm -hmm. going through the pictures, which go step by step through from the point you walk in the front door of our patient service center to the time that you leave for both phlebotomy and for ECGs will help kind of break that down. It won't I mean, we won't get rid of it, but it will definitely make a big difference in right. reducing their anxiety. So the family will review the storyboards. They'll get their tools and distraction kits together, and then they'll pick an appointment time with the supervisor that's most convenient for them, as well as what time is best for the child. So some kids do better in the morning than in the afternoon, and we'll tailor the appointment around that. And then once that's all set up and the family's prepared, we'll prepare the site for the procedure and the appointment. So the supervisor will uh, set up some time with a designated phlebotomist at the location and they'll go through the survey and the characteristics of the child and some of the techniques and tools that can help with reducing their anxiety and then they'll get the site prepared. So it could be going to the phlebotomy room and making sure that things that could cause distraction or stress are removed. Um, and it also is ensuring that everything is ready to go so that when the child gets there, there's no waiting. So the waiting rooms at our patient service centers are quite busy most of the time. There's lots of people, there's lots of noise, there's people moving equipment, there's the lights, and all of those things can be a, a real source of anxiety for those who are on the spectrum. So to eliminate that, we actually bring the patient straight into the phlebotomy room. So 
the employees waiting in the waiting room for the family to arrive as soon as they get there they do all the work with the requisition and then they go straight into the phlebotomy room and they have another conversation with the parent and caregiver as well as with the child and go through the storyboards again so that they're establishing that connection with the patient and becoming more familiar um, and then if they're ready then they'll start going through the procedure. Um, one of the things that we do keep an eye on throughout the procedure is how the child is doing. Mm-hmm. So constant communication with the parents to see, you know, are they doing okay or are they not doing okay? Um, and what we've heard from a lot of developmental disorder physicians is that sometimes what you see as being okay, it actually isn't for the child. So the parents and the caregivers know the kids the best. And so it's important that we're constantly in conversation with them throughout the procedure to make sure that everything's going okay. And if it's not going okay, then we'll stop because it's really important that it's a positive healthcare experience for the child. And if it's not, it's very, well, it's going to be a lot harder for them to come back the next time. Right, right. It's almost like that that dentist fear, right? Where exactly. you have a, one bad experience. <laughs> I mean, for anyone, right? You yeah. have one bad experience and then you never want to go again. I like the idea that you said that reinforcing that connection of something that they've seen at home and then being able to reiterate it again in that new environment Um, Is there anything else that's kind of done that way so that the parents maybe have something they can use at home other than the storyboards? The storyboards are tools that are used consistently across the industry for people who are on the spectrum. So um, different doctor's offices will use them for their own practices. So it's kind of a tool that's been consistent for those who have autism spectrum disorder. Um, But the other thing that we can do and sometimes does happen is when the child comes in their first time, we may not actually go ahead with the full procedure. So Mm -hmm. they could just be coming in to get used to the facility. Um, And if things don't go well that first time, then we'll pause and we'll try again the next time. So through that repeated visit, they may get more familiar with it as well. Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering about the logistics of all that. So in our patient service centers, we don't have the flexibility to completely change the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have a new location in Richmond at the Pacific Autism Hub site. The hub is a, a building that's been designed specifically for people with autism to help them with developing their life skills, their social supports, there's clinicians who work there, and then there's things like musical training. Um, so there, it's a an entire facility that's dedicated to enabling success for those who are on the spectrum. And we've opened a patient service center at that location that's been designed specifically to help those who are on the spectrum. So there's a lot of unique things there that we wouldn't be able to have in the other locations that do make a really big difference for those on the spectrum. And some of the things we've done is instead of a a phlebotomy chair, like you see in most of our patient service centers, we actually have a reclining massage chair. So patient can sit back and relax and and have the massage on if they want to or sit on their mom and dad's lap and that way it's a much more calming and inviting environment there's no waiting room at this location Mm -hmm. there's some comfy chairs just outside the phlebotomy room where the phlebotomist can sit down and have a conversation with the family as opposed to being in a busy facility and it's appointment only so they're the only there's only one appointment at a time so they're the only people in the whole area throughout the entire procedure so that really helps remove some of the social challenges for people who are on the spectrum Um, from a sensory point of view we've introduced some sensory lights so 
some of the children do find that to be quite distracting. They kind of look like a lava lamp. Um, And there's also lights that we project up onto the ceiling if that's something that they would prefer to help with the distraction. Um, And then we also have a TV in the phlebotomy room that we can upload their favorite movies or DVDs on so that during the procedure they have that sense of distraction. Um, we do. We have heard that the the noise can be an issue for people on the spectrum. So, to support that at this facility, it's actually been designed completely with noise canceling mm. or sound barriers. Right. It's actually right beside the airport in Richmond, and you can't hear the planes land. It's so quiet in the facility. Mm. Um, the lighting's different, so we don't see the flicker of the fluorescent lights, which can be a challenge. And it's a lot calmer. Um, even the colors they've used on the paint on the walls and the floor are just kind of introduce more of a sense of calm. Mm-hmm. The other things we did in the phlebotomy room is we removed all of the standard phlebotomy stuff. So you don't see tubes, you don't see needles, you don't see blood, you know, stored on a, a, an Iraq. It's all kind of out of sight and out of mind so that we can ensure that in every way possible we're reducing the stress and anxiety that the children may have with getting their blood work done. Mm-hmm. It sounds amazing. Like, it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, so what's the next steps? In terms of next steps, we really want to just increase awareness around the availability of these services so that families know they can come in to any one of our locations and get the support they need to be successful. If you'd like more information about this program, please visit LifeLabs' website at lifelabs.com. You can also visit Autism Speaks Canada at autismspeaks.ca for information on Autism Month events and activities. We'll be back next week with a new episode of The Objective Lens. Thanks for listening.